0: Psalm 9 verses 1 through 4. I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart. I will tell of all your wonderful deeds. I will be glad and exult in you. I will sing praise to your name, O Most High. When my enemies turned back, they stumbled and perished before you, for you have maintained my just cause. You have sat on the throne giving righteous judgment. You have rebuked the nations, you have destroyed the wicked. You have blotted out their name forever and ever. The enemies have vanished in everlasting ruins. Their cities have rooted out. The very memory of them has perished. But the Lord sits in throne forever. He has established his throne for judgment. He judges the world with righteousness. He judges the peoples with equity. The Lord is a stronghold for the oppressed, a stronghold in times of trouble. And those who know your name put their trust in you. For you, O Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. Sing praises to the Lord who dwells in Zion. Declare his deeds among the peoples, for he who avenges blood is mindful of them. He does not forget the cry of the afflicted. Be gracious to me, O Lord. See what I suffer from those who hate me. If you are the one who lifts me up from the gates of death, so that I may recount all your praises, and in the gates of daughter Zion, rejoice in your deliverance. Zechariah, chapter 2, verses 1 through 5. I looked up and saw a man with a measuring line in his hand. Then I asked, Where are you going? He answered me, To measure Jerusalem, to see what is its width and what is its length. Then the angel who talked with me came forward, and another angel came forward to meet him, and said to him, Run, say to that young man, Jerusalem shall be inhabited like villages without walls because of the multitude of people and animals in it. For I will be a wall of fire all around it, says the Lord, and I will be the glory within it. Continuing on chapter 5, verses 1 through 4. Again I looked up and saw a flying scroll. And he said to me, What do you see? I answered, I see a flying scroll. Its length is 20 cubits and its width 10 cubits. Then he said to me, This is the curse that goes out over the face of the whole land. For everyone who steals shall be cut off according to the writing on one side, and everyone who swears falsely shall be cut off according to the writing on the other side. I have sent it out, says the Lord of hosts, and it shall enter the house of the thief, and the house of anyone who swears falsely by my name, and it shall abide in that house and consume it, both timber and stones." 1 Thessalonians 5, verses 12-18 But we appeal to you, brothers and sisters, to respect those who labor among you, and have charge of you in the Lord, and admonish you. Esteem them very highly in love because of their work. Be at peace among yourselves. And we urge you, beloved, to admonish the idlers, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with all of them. See that none of you repays evil for evil but always seek to do good to one another and to all. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Good morning and welcome to the 25th Tuesday uh, after Pentecost. This is Brother Logan Isaac, broadcasting from North Yarmouth, Maine. The readings come to us this morning from Psalm 9, Zechariah 2 and 5, and finally 1 Thessalonians 5. Um, The the Zechariah reading um, stood out because there's a flying scroll, and a flying scroll enters the house of the thief, and burns it, both timber and stones, which I thought was kind of interesting. I, I had this this image of a little emoji running through running through the town and entering through the window for some reason. Um but the scrolls, um, if you'll remember in, in Ezekiel he's told to eat it and it's it tastes like honey, but then is bitter very quickly afterwards. Um and the, the prophets themselves are um uh well the 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 word prophet in Hebrew Neviim or Nevelim um actually means to call to call forth or to call the side. It's almost like advocate in uh uh Latin and French and perhaps English as well. Um but the prophets are the voice of God and so the scrolls um play prominently in the in the prophetic literature um, is kind of synonymous with the the prophets themselves, who serve as the voice of God, um, whether they like, like it or not. Jonah really didn't like it, and he kind of tried to run away from it. Um, and anyway, I just, I thought that was interesting that, or it made me think of the prophets being the voice of God, but not, A, being not the only like means through which God will speak to the people, um, But also it being almost like this, it's not about the individual, it's about God. It's about what God wants to say to God's people and how to get that message across. Flying scrolls is like, yeah, that's kind of cool. It's like, you know, Pixar, you know, kind of come to life or something. Um, But, uh, I mean, it's not beyond God to use any means necessary to try and reach uh the people that you know claim to want to know him um and it's it's easy to kind of you know just kind of dismiss it or or laugh at it and I I think that's really important actually I think the idea of a little emoji you know flying through your window and then burning everything down uh it's kind of cute and kind of funny and it's okay to laugh at that um in fact I think that's that's one of the things that is really um, worthwhile and valuable about the military is that we can laugh at anything. Um, I mean, in the heat of combat, you see your best friend, you know, get hurt, you know, you can laugh or you can cry and it just takes less energy to laugh. In fact, laughing can kind of help you focus. You know, the military is known for having a really dark sense of humor. Um, but uh, the other thing that stood out to me um, that Honestly, I haven't seen anywhere else. Um, in part because of the competitive kind of nature of of sports, but anyway, um, when I think it's I think it's attributed to Paul, the, the letters to the Thessalonians. Um, I think it's pretty reasonably um, assumed. I don't think they're doubtful, but I don't know, maybe they are. Um, Paul gives this kind of final goodbye, and in it he gives almost like the fruit of the spirit kind of stuff. There's this list of of cutesy, pithy kind of things that we're to remember that kind of strike a little, you know, chord in your heart. Um, Admonish the idlers, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with all of them. Uh, and he goes on to say, don't repay evil for evil, seek to do good to one another and to everyone. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and and give thanks in all circumstances. Um, and what stood out to me was encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, and be patient with all of them. Um, and it made me think of the way in PT um, that the slowest, the slowest member would always get put out front. And I always really liked that because I was actually um, a fairly good runner. Um, pretty consistently, I was I was kind of up there, you know, single digits when the two mile run came, you know, single digit finishers. I don't remember if I ever came in, I may have, but like, it was fun and good to run. Um, and I was good at it. And, but it was never so important to me to like win or something as it was to participate in something with one another. And I, I don't mean in like formations, Um, I was in the 82nd and the 25th and I'm trying to think, well, the 25th, we, we knew we were having orders soon. And so PT and stuff like wasn't, well, no, we did, we did. So in the 82nd, I remember explicitly before 9-11, when it was still like Garrison life, we would put the slowest guy out in front. And I just really liked that, you know, it was this big dude usually, um, you know, on, you know, Has to get measured twice because he's, we called it the fat boy program. If you're overweight, you had to, if you had a really thick neck, then it was assumed that, you know, you had muscles and not fat. Um, But it's typically these big guys or these really small guys that couldn't really run very well. And we would put them out front and everybody would run at their pace because it wasn't about winning. It wasn't about like, you know, showing off or whatever. It was about being a group and learning how to be a unit. Um, in Hawaii with the 25th, PT was a little different because as I said, we, we knew we were getting, coming down on orders and there was a lot of prep work, but we did have the opportunity with my, um, my fire support team. Uh, there's seven or eight of us. I can't remember. Uh, we were able to do this kind of like really cool, um, it wasn't a march, but we went up to, um, Mount Kalaupapa. I think, um, the big uh, peak there on Oahu and we didn't reach it all the way, but, um, we got a good distance. Uh, we had a special dispensation with the battalion commander It was out by the impact range. And so everybody knew there was a team out there on the ridgeline. Anyway, um, there's this guy, I think I remember his name, but I won't mention it. We, we called him a gummy bear because no shit. He, he brought only sugary snacks to field problems. Um, wouldn't eat MREs, didn't really care for child that was brought to him just pure junk food. And of course he sucked at PT. And he wasn't a big guy, he was small. And um I remember uh we had kind of a timeline where we had to get to the top in order to get down and in the right time. Anyway, um it just wasn't happening. And part of it was really early on, we had to put this guy out front, and it was really slow. And I remember it was really, really wet because it's basically a tropical island in the clouds where you're, you know, you're, it's basically foggy and raining for 18 hours of the day, all night and most of the day. Um, and it sucked because we didn't make, we didn't make it all the way to the top. There's actually the trail had washed out and we couldn't really go around it. Um, but even if that hadn't happened, we wouldn't have made it because he was in front. Um, And when, I remember when I was just a cherry at the, in the 82nd, it didn't make a whole lot of sense. I just like, that's, I was told what to do and I did it. And one of the things that we were told was, you know, when you go on morning runs, the slowest guy goes first. Um, but I remember being kind of annoyed at this guy in Hawaii because like, he just didn't take good care of himself, but it didn't matter. We weren't going to leave him behind. And unless we we're going to carry a shit for him and him, we had to be patient with him. Uh, you know, we had to help him because he was weak as fuck. Um, I, would still, I would say that today to his face. Like, <laughs> he could not hack it. And he knew it and we knew it. But, he, like, he was a part of our team. And so he was going up the mountain with us. Um, and in, and that's what comes to mind when Paul reminds uh, the church in in Thessalonica. Um, yeah, it's fun to admonish the idlers and tell them to get off their asses, but it's more important to encourage them, to help the weak and faint-hearted, and to be patient with them. Um, and that's what it means to be a, a community, a family, um, to be patient with one another in the church. Um, you know, it, for all the like anxiety I have about accusations of disunity, just being used to keep from having you know good conversations about how the church can kind of hurt people sometimes. Um, there is something to be said about what it looks like to create that unity, whether it's the people at top telling everybody else to shut up and toe the line, or if it's the people at the top pulling the people up from the bottom and saying, okay, what's what's going on? How do we fix this? What is it that you need so that you might be part of us and that we might be part of you. Um, and that was, I don't know, it's just really this beautiful experience. I'll remember the rest of my life because we did it every time, every time we went on a squad run or a team run, the slowest motherfucker was out first. Um, and you know, maybe we'd call cadence, but they probably wouldn't say it cause they'd be out of breath. Um, and it, but it also put them on the spot and said, look, we're here with you. We're literally behind you. Um, you need to rise to the occasion. You have to, because we're going to push you if you don't. Um, and that's the kind of love. I don't, it's not tough love. There's no such thing as tough love. It is love or it's not. And it's, um, that was one of those things that taught me in the military, through the military, what it meant to love one another. Um, what it means to, um, to do good to one another and to all, um, and so I think that's that's one really um, illustrative way that that I think uh, that, that Paul is, is using here is to um, to remind those who think they're hot shit and who may be hot shit um, that it's that's not what it's all about. What it's about is being together, is being one, not the top pulling everyone behind them, but the top inviting the bottom. The first inviting the last to come forward um, and be a part of what it means to be this thing that we are, whether it's the body of Christ or a fire team out on a run. Peace, a poem by Rupert Brooke. Now, God be thanked who has matched us with this hour. And caught our youth And wakened us from sleeping With hand made sure Clear eye and sharpened power To turn as swimmers Into cleanness leaping Glad from a world grown old And cold and weary Leave the sick hearts That honor could not move And half men And their dirty songs and dreary And all the little emptiness of love O we who have known shame We have found release there Where there is no ill No grief but sleep has mending. Not broken save this body, lost but breath. Nothing to shake the laughing heart's long peace there, but only agony, and that has ending. And the worst friend and enemy is but death. Thank you for falling in to First Formation, where Pew, Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard,